Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the On My Mind podcast. My name is Ava. This is the podcast where I talk about all the things that go on in my head as a 22-year-old who's just figuring her shit out. Sometimes I'm in a silly, goofy mood and I just want to record a silly little episode. So I'll do that. And then other times there's days like this where I'm like, let's dive deep into a topic today. That topic being figuring out life in your 20s, which is definitely kind of a broad topic here. But I love content like this. I love podcasts like this or even TikToks that are like things I wish I knew in my 20s, my 30s. I just love listening to other people's experiences. And I think even if someone has the same topic about tips or advice for your 20s, I feel like everyone has different things to offer, different things to say, because everyone's life experience is so different. I think there's always something to learn from literally anyone. So this episode is going to be things that I've learned personally. Like I said, being 22 years old, I'm 22 and a half. I turned 23 in November, which is crazy. And I don't know if 23 is considered my early 20s or does that count as mid 20s? Because to me, I'm like mid 20s is like 24, 25, 26. So is 23 my last early 20s year? That is crazy. Initially, I remember the night before my 20th birthday, I just had the biggest meltdown that it was my final moments as a teenager. And I was, part of me was ready to grow up and was ready for that. Given whether you're ready or not, you're going to age, you're going to grow up. (laughs) So there's really nothing you can do to stop it. You can still be young in spirit, but like age-wise, you just got to go with it because that's how life is. But I just remember having a genuine meltdown. And it's so funny looking back. I wish I could just be like, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. 20s are an interesting period. It's filled with fun. It's filled with new experiences, with lessons. Obviously, not all of it's fun because I feel like in your 20s, you're finally starting to figure out who you are. But my whole thing is with figuring out who you are, I don't even think it's a matter of figuring that out or finding who you are. I think it's a matter of creating that because you can create the life that you want. You can create, you have full control over who you want to be. So it's a matter of creating who you want to be, what you want your life to look like. It's kind of crazy how much control we don't have over our lives, but how much we do have over ourselves. We don't always have control over what happens to us and things like that. We don't control the outside forces, but what we can control is what goes on in our head and how we act, how we react. Sometimes I like to look at it as I'm a literal avatar. I'm just like in this body, like this is my avatar. I can put whatever clothes I want to on her. I can act however I want. Like you can really create who who you want to be, <laughs> kind of, to a certain extent, obviously. But you have full control over becoming who you want to be, more so on a personal level. Because like I said, there are certain things that are out of your control. But I feel like what's in your control is how you act, your personality, the way you carry yourself, all those kinds of things that just come from you. That's quite the interesting note to start this episode off on. But I just feel like I've learned a lot this year. This year specifically, I mean, I feel like every year of your 20s is so different, but especially in the past few months, I've learned a lot. I have a lifetime ahead of that for me. We all do. You never know everything, even though you like to think you do. Uh, And just a lifetime ahead of growing. So I don't have all the answers and I never will, but I did want to share some of my advice and tips about being in your 20s. 
I think it'll be fun to do an episode like this even a year from now, two years from now, just down the road in my late 20s. And like even looking back at this, I'm sure one day I'll be like, oh, I thought I knew stuff and I really didn't. So it's all a matter of perspective because I remember being 20 and being like, all right, I think I'm going to figure this whole adulting thing out. And I look back at that and I'm like, oh, you were a toddler. So that very well is probably going to happen again. I've been in kind of a self-help book mood lately. I stopped reading self-help books for the longest time. Well, for the longest time, I was so into them and I was just reading so many different ones and I really enjoyed it. And then it got to a point where I was like, I'm actually not doing anything with this information that I'm reading. So self-help books are only as helpful as you make them because you can read the stuff, but nothing's going to change if (laughs) you don't change anything. So I took a break from that for a while. I was like, maybe I need to apply what I've learned into my actual life. So I stopped that. But then recently, a few days ago, I was looking at my bookshelf and I've been staring at this one book for a while. I've been re- meaning to get back into or not even get back into it, but I've been meaning to grab grab for it because it has been sitting on my shelf for so long. But it is the book The Power of One More by Ed Milet. I was initially introduced to him from the Skinny Confidential podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts. I think he has a three or four part series on there. He did a few episodes with them and he is just such an inspiring guy with I think really good advice and I don't say that lightly because there's not a lot of males that I take advice from there's not a lot of male pod I don't I don't listen to any like full like just a guy podcast other than his sometimes with those I feel like it can just get to be a little bit too much for my taste like a little bit too dare I say the word like meatheady with certain podcasts but I actually really enjoy his and I really enjoyed those guest episodes that he did he did topics like how to achieve your goals, holding yourself accountable, avoiding burnout, discovering your inner strength, ridding yourself of fear. And then I think on the part four, he did uh, an episode about the new book that he had, which was The Power of More, The Ultimate Guide to Happiness and Success. So I was like, oh shit, he made a book. I'm actually really interested in reading this because like I said, I really resonated with what he had to say. And so I went ahead and bought it. And up until now, it has been simply a means of decor. But now I'm actually reading it. I'm about a chapter in and I just kind of gravitated towards it because I've been very much so in a mood of taking care of myself, wanting the best for myself and kind of just wanting to take myself, I guess, personally to the next level and like really working towards reaching the goals that I have for myself. So I've been reading that at night. I feel like it's been a good way to wind down. Sometimes I'll reach for it in the morning. I just think it's a nice way to end or start a day rather than doom scrolling on my phone because that's what I usually do. And I just feel like it doesn't end or start my day on the best note. I try to read a few pages at a time. What I've learned, it's not about a sprint with self-help books. It's more of like a long distance (laughs) kind of run just because there's so much information in there. And I feel like if I just were to consume all of it in one binge reading session, which, you know, is fine when I do it with like fiction books or whatever, but with self-help books, I really want to absorb the information and I just feel like it's such good information that I'm like, I need to let this sit for a bit. I'll read a little bit of what's on the back of the book so you have a little bit of an idea of what it's about, but it says, the premise of the power of one more is simple. You're so much closer to the life you dream of than you think you are. You're often only one more meeting, one more relationship, one more decision, one more action, or one more thought away from leading the life you deserve. The power of one more teaches you how to combine intentional thoughts and actions to produce huge changes in your life. I'm only a little bit through chapter one right now. Chapter one is about one more identity and he has a really cool concept about how he looks at identities and how it really controls and like regulates your life and your self-worth. 
So having a good grasp on what your identity is, what you believe in, what you think you're worth is super important. So if you're interested, I definitely recommend checking it out. I'm only <laughs> not even one chapter in yet, but I really like him. So I'm assuming I'm really going to like this book too. Anyway, that being said, been into the whole self-help book thing again. It's kind of nice to interchange that with my regular fiction reading. But last night I was in a very inspired mood after I read a few of these pages and I was like, I kind of want to do a podcast episode about figuring life out in your 20s. Is there one and only way, a correct way to do this? No, we all have our own journeys with our 20s. It's such a pivotal period in our lives. I feel like this is when we go through the most amount of changes all at once. So I have some thoughts that I want to share on this. Again, this is coming from someone who's in her early 20s. I don't have it all figured out yet. And this is just some things that I've gathered along the way. There's a lot more to learn and I'm excited about it. Sometimes learning lessons isn't always the easiest thing because sometimes it slaps you in the face, but it's all part of the process. If there's one experience that a lot of us can relate to as young adults being in our 20s, it's acne and having acne at this age can feel so discouraging, especially in this world of social media. It's so easy to compare yourself or hide behind filters, but I think it's important to start normalizing it. It's something we all struggle with or a lot of ourselves, including myself. I have struggled with my fair share of acne to the point where I didn't feel like showing my face or being in photos and finding products that work for you and your skin can be a struggle. So when you find products like Almond Clear, it's a win. I have been using their exfoliating serum on my chest because I get acne there and it's cleared up a lot, which feels so, so good. Almond Clear products are powered by mandelic acid, which is derived from almonds. Mandelic acid is a different key ingredient than what's used in acne products that you'll find in drugstores. So if you've tried everything to clear your skin and nothing has worked, then mandelic acid could be worth a try. Almond Clear is a female-founded company. They clear a variety of skin concerns, including acne, hyperpigmentation, ingrown hairs, and shaving bumps, and fine lines and wrinkles their products have anti-inflammatory properties which reduce redness and inflammation so no matter the skin concern almond clear is there to help I'm super big on paying attention to the ingredients in skincare and I'm really picky about what I put on my skin and what I love about them is that they're made with minimal ingredients that are safe for sensitive skin. I know how hard it is to struggle with confidence when your skin is having troubles, so give this new skincare a go. Try Almond Clear today by going to almondclear.com and use code MIND to take 18% off your first order. That's code MIND, M-I-N-D, for 18% off, almondclear.com. Go check it out. The first thing being that I wanted to touch on is that you don't have to have it all figured out. And I know that there's so much pressure, whether it's from society, parents, people around you, there's so much pressure to have everything figured out. My thing is, how are we supposed to have everything figured out when we don't even know what we want for dinner? <laughs> I think it's nearly impossible to know exactly what you want with your life at this age, just because we're still figuring ourselves out. My frontal lobe is not even developed yet, not fully. I've heard a lot of interesting stories about people who turned, I think for women, your frontal lobe develops at 25 or 26. I've heard so many stories of people being like, literally the year I turned that age, my entire life changed and everything just made sense. And I was like, okay, shit, maybe I'll just like wait for that to happen. I wanted to talk about this first just because I feel like so many people relate to this. It's something that I struggle with too especially with what you see online or even what you see on a personal level of the people around you. Everyone's doing such different things with their lives. It's easy to feel behind or like you're not doing enough. And that's just completely unfair to yourself because everyone's life is different. Everyone's goals are different. What other people want is going to look completely different than what you want. 
and comparison will make you think otherwise. For example, I'll see people traveling around the world, leaving their jobs behind and taking six months, a year to travel, backpack around Europe, whatever it is. And I see stuff like that and I'll think, my first thought, am I failing at life because I'm not doing that? Should my life look like that? Does my life suck because it doesn't look like that? But at the end of the day, is that even what I want? Or am I just comparing my own life, which is a completely different thing than someone else's? And I feel like that's where comparison gets tricky because it's like, that's not even what I want. There's some people whose dreams are to do that, to be kind of like a nomad and travel the world. And you'll see that and compare yourself and be like, am I not doing enough? What's wrong with me? I'm failing at this whole thing. But I think it's important to ask yourself, is that even what I want? Because when I check myself and I ask myself that, I'm like, that's not even what I desire. So why am I beating myself up about it? That's not even what I want. And that's why comparison gets tricky. I feel like especially with social media these days, that feeling gets so amplified because now more than ever, you have access to seeing what so many people are doing with their lives. It's really easy to fall into that trap of comparing your own life to someone else's. But I think it really comes down to understanding that everyone's timeline is different. What everyone wants is different. And you'll get what you're meant to have. And when you don't get something at a certain time or achieve a certain thing, you have to understand that rejection is redirection. And that is a quote that is a little saying that helps me so much when something doesn't happen for me or it takes longer than expected or it doesn't happen at all. Rejection is redirection. In the past, when I would freak out, have a meltdown or cry over things that didn't happen for me or something changed in my life. Now I take peace in that knowing that it all worked together for me and I feel like you have to make a conscious decision to believe that your life is working for you, not against you. Sometimes when we don't get what we want, it's because something else is waiting for us that's meant for us, that's right for us, that's better for us and you don't know that until you do but one day it'll all click. I think it's easy online to look at someone else's life and be like, oh my gosh, they have it all figured out. Wow. That must be nice. But genuinely, every person I've ever met that I've talked to about this has literally said that they're just winging it. And I feel like I'm winging it. And it's interesting because if I look at myself and look at my platform and what I post from an outside perspective, like not as myself, I'm like, it looks like I have my shit together because in some senses I do, yes. But as a whole, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do in three years, five years. Like, I don't know what I'm doing necessarily. I don't have all the answers. I don't have it all figured out. I'm still confused and unsure of myself sometimes. And that's just your 20s. It's okay to wing it. I think a lot of us are, most of us are to an extent. When we put so much unnecessary pressure on ourselves or we let the pressure from other people weigh heavy on us, that can slow you down so much and just make you feel like you're behind, you're not enough. And that's when you start to spiral and get super negative. So take off some of that pressure. Like I said, these are the years that we're just figuring shit out. And all my friends that I talk to about this feel the same way. It's always interesting when I do have these conversations with friends and I'm like, wow, but you did this and this and you have this already. Like you already made it to this point in life. And they're like, I am barely staying afloat. I have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> but I'm glad it looks like that, which is just so comical because you look at someone's life on the outside and you just really don't know what's going on. So that's why comparison, it's hard, but we just have to cut that out because that's when you start feeding your own self negative thoughts because you're like, why don't I have this or that? Someone else is doing this. And that's just entirely unhelpful. Being mean to yourself will never 
lead to good results. I've really learned to take things one step at a time instead of trying to take huge leaps and bounds, trying to figure everything out. We don't have to because baby steps still make progress and even slow progress is still progress. There's a certain balance between being hard on yourself to push you and get you towards your goals and then being hard on yourself and you're just being mean. Negative self-talk is so detrimental because a lot of the time you believe your negative thoughts that you have about yourself. And that's a hard rabbit hole to get out of because thoughts are just thoughts. We have a lot of thoughts in a day. Sometimes they're silly and goofy. Other times they're trying to bring you down. And that's all that they are. They're just thoughts. But like I said, once you get into a headspace of negativity, it's really easy to just start believing them. So you have to find a good balance of being hard on yourself and putting a little bit of pressure to help you get towards your goals but also being understanding, especially with how powerful our minds are. You can either be your number one cheerleader or your worst enemy. And so pick the former, be your number one cheerleader. There's already enough negativity out there as it is, other outside voices. You don't need your own to add to that. This next thing I think is really important, especially at our age, and it's to try new things. It is never too late to start something new. I don't care how old you are. I feel like After a certain point in childhood and teenagehood, you kind of are just like, okay, this is what I know how to do and this is what I don't. So I'm just never going to try anything new again. And I noticed that in myself too. I'm like, when was the last time I tried something new? You kind of just settle into the things that you like to do and then never venture out, but you never know who you'll meet, what hobby you'll find or what joy you'll get from trying something new. Putting yourself out there is scary in any situation, but you either just have to take a leap of faith because when you conquer something scary, it boosts your confidence and builds a character inside of you that'll keep doing hard things. Or if you don't, you'll just keep building this fear against trying new things. These are your years to figure out what you like and what you don't like, whether that's in the dating world or in the work world, whatever it is, these are your years to figure that out. For example, in the dating world, and this is a piece of advice that I got, I forget from who, but it was really profound to me. She was saying not to look at a relationship ending as a failed relationship because one, with any relationship that ends, whether it's a friendship or what I'm talking about now is more of like a romantic relationship, you learn so much about what worked and what didn't, what you liked and what you don't like. And two, a quote unquote failed relationship, is that really a failure if that's getting you one person closer to the one or even in terms of the work world there are so many different jobs that are to be had so instead of hating your job and sticking with it because you think you have to i know sometimes it's a lot goes a lot deeper than that but it's okay to switch things up and try something new you don't know what you don't like until you do and when you learn that you don't like something you don't have to keep doing it i feel like so many people at this age feel like they're stuck in a profession or a job or a career Because this is when we're supposed to settle into a job or career and stick with that forever, which is, oh, that's just always been so weird to me because by nature, humans are ever-changing creatures and what you're passionate about, what you like is constantly going to be changing. If I had to choose a job when I was 18 and was told you have to stick with this until you retire at the age of 60, what I would have chosen at the age of 18 is completely different than what I would choose to do now. So I feel like if I had chosen something and was told that I had to stick with it, I'd be like, you're wild because my passions, what I like to do, what I care about changes a lot. I don't know. I just feel like that's a very old school way of thinking. And honestly, it's outdated that whatever you choose to do come graduation of college is what you have to continue to do for the rest of your life. But you're allowed to change that. You're in charge of your own life. And that means you're allowed to try something new. 
it's easier said than done. Leaving a job can be so scary and hard, but you can either stay in that job and be miserable, but not have to go through the uncomfort of change or get a little bit uncomfortable for a while trying to find something else. There's a few growing pains with that, but then you're so much happier, especially at this age. A lot of us don't have all these other pressures that would factor into this, like having your own family, for example. And by that, I mean like having your own kids because in that situation, your decisions directly affect them. So that's a whole other factor to consider. But for those of us who don't have kids right now, don't have that as a priority, that means that your life right now is all about you. Make decisions that'll make you happy. In the future, that's going to change when different factors arise, like having your own family or just different things that are big factors in making life-changing decisions like a career change. But if anything, I feel like now is kind of the perfect time to do that. This is not me saying, go quit your job. Yes. <laughs> like, If you're unhappy in a job, sometimes I think there's just growing pains and you have to maybe stick it out a little bit. Just try. But after a certain point, don't make yourself miserable. That being said, though, I've also heard this whole concept, which I think is really interesting and makes a lot of sense. I forget who it was on TikTok, so I can't credit the creator, but someone on TikTok was basically saying how you don't have to be 100% passionate, obsessed about your job in order to do the job because your first priority is your life and your second priority, well, a little bit down the line, but is your job and your job supports your life. Your life is what should make you super happy and be doing things that bring you joy and your job supports that. So you don't have to necessarily be in love with your job, but everyone's different. Personally, if I'm going to be spending a lot of time on something, if I'm going to show up, let's say nine to five somewhere and be constantly pouring into something, I want it to be something I kind of at least a little bit enjoy. So maybe you resonate more with that or maybe you resonate more so with being able to tolerate a job. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer with that. Everyone's different, but that's just something to think about. This next piece of advice, I think a lot of people need to hear. Do it scared. If you're scared of doing something, don't let the fear hold you back from doing it. You can do something and still be scared about it. When you let fear rule your life, that fear will just keep building and leak into other areas of your life. And so much change and growth happens when you do things that are a little bit outside of your comfort zone. Your comfort zone is comfy for a reason, but it's good to get out of that sometimes. Your mind rules over so much of your life. So instead of looking at a situation like, I'm so fearful of this. What if this happens? What if the worst happens? Flip it and be like, what if the best happens? When I've gotten into headspaces of that, of just thinking the worst is going to happen and making up all these scenarios in my head, which like I said, thoughts are just thoughts, but they're there. I would make a conscious effort to be like, okay, but what if the best happens? Like either way, a lesson's going to be learned here. So a win is a win. But instead of always thinking of worst case scenario, also think about the best case scenario. And that alone, I feel like pushes you to do the hard things. And by doing the hard things, you will gain so much confidence. And confidence isn't always the easiest to come by, especially, like I said, at this age in general, where we're just questioning ourselves and questioning things in general. It can be hard to build confidence, but one way to do that is by doing things that scare you. I'll say it before, but I'll say it again because this phrase is so impactful to me personally. Nothing changes if nothing changes. If you have these dreams and visions for your life but aren't willing to put in the work, do the hard things to get there, nothing's going to change. Like I mentioned earlier in this episode, I talked a little bit about how I've been wanting to become the best version of myself. So I feel like this next tip is a good exercise for that. Ask yourself what the best version of you looks like. What are her routines? 
Who does she surround herself with? What does she eat? How does she carry herself? Answer these questions. Literally write it down or put it in your notes app. Look at your answers and ask yourself, what's stopping me from doing all these things? That person, the best version of yourself, already exists within you. It's just a matter of bringing it out. I think it's important to prioritize yourself so you can get where you want to be, become who you want to become because that person, like I said, already exists. And your 20s are your selfish years. Being selfish doesn't mean you're a bad person and that you push everyone away. It means taking care of you so that you can take care of others and be the best version of you. This next thing has been really big for me lately. It's to let go of things from the past. Holding on to negative things or experiences from the past only hold you back. Something my therapist has said is to not let the past affect the present, which is easier said than done. But when you let go of things that have happened before, you can be present in the moment and life won't pass you by. Because if you're constantly living in the past, letting all these things affect you, which given we all have different experiences that affect who we are today. And yes, the past does affect a role in the present. But if you live so much in it that your current life passes you by, you're going to be constantly living in a state of what was. One of my all-time favorite quotes is be where your feet are and it pretty means exactly what it says. Being grounded in the present and fully giving your thoughts, your energy, your mind to where you're at right now. There have been so many periods in my life that I feel like I missed out on because my mind was just elsewhere or overthinking or worried about things that have happened before and then I would just feel bad about that and guilty after because I was like, I feel like I've just been living in my own thoughts, in my head. On a physical level, the past does not exist. The only thing that exists is right now. And it's so hard. Trust me, I understand so deeply how hard it can be to move on from things. But sometimes it's not even a matter of just like forgetting about it. Because let's be honest, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't always happen. Processing the things that still live in your head is very important. Burying your traumas or experiences from your past is only going to sabotage you further down the road because you can only keep things hidden for so long. You'll just have an even bigger shitstorm to deal with. And it's hard, but sometimes you just have to face these things head on because it will come back for you one day if you try to bury it down. And I know this all too well because I've gone through things in my life that I just tried to bury and hide deep within myself and then it just came back tenfold. The healing process looks different for everyone. Healing isn't a linear journey, but it is something that I promise you are capable of. I also think a big factor in helping yourself move on and heal is forgiving yourself and forgiving others. Holding on to hatred that you have for others or for yourself weighs so heavy on your heart, on your mind, and it doesn't do anything for you. So for me, at least, forgiving myself was a big one that I had to work on. I didn't want to hold on to any negative emotions I had towards myself or hatred, whatever it was. Living with that wasn't fun and it was affecting too much of my real life. I was like, okay, something's got to change here. What has happened has happened. We're here now. I take a lot of comfort and so can you in knowing that you've made it this far, which means you've overcome every obstacle and gone through every tough thing up until this point and you'll continue to because you're strong you're resilient sometimes you just have to remind yourself of that because when you're in the trenches with things and when things are rough it feels endless nothing lasts forever so i'm going to leave you with that thought right there there's so much on this topic that we could probably just talk about forever but i think i've said a lot in this episode because even now i'm like whoa i need to process what i just said because some of the things i'm like I need to take some of my own advice sometimes. It's weird. We're figuring out how to do this adulting thing, trying to figure out who we are, creating who we are. 
But on the bright side, at least we're in this together. We'll see in a few years what future Ava has to say on this whole topic because there's going to be a lot more changes and things to experience as the years go on. But for now, that was everything on my mind. Thank you.